everybody doing today? Good? Good? Good. Hey, if you have your Bibles on your phone or in person, uh, we are in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you've been coming or watching online, you see that uh, Brian's been in the series, uh, 1 Corinthians, and uh, I'll probably just work through it a little bit, probably until Labor Day, and then we're planning on starting a new series after Labor Day that I'm actually really excited about, and it kind of fits in with today's message a little bit. But as after Labor Day, we're going to be talking about a series about missional living and how that we could, ways that we could practically reach people in our lives. So you know, like, j Road's mission, if you've been here long enough, you know that our mission is basically three words. Reach, equip, send. Reach people that are far from God. Equip, once they're found, like, equip them to be the church, and then send people out on mission. And that's essentially what we do every Sunday after church is really is send you guys, right? In the past, J-Road has sent out church planters with Kingdom Life and Roots Church. We've sent out missionaries, you know, with the Reavers into the, uh, different countries. So uh, part of the church is being sent, and, and that's kind of what the message is about today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And last week, Brian talked a lot about Paul, and we looked at how Paul had a lot of freedoms. And have you guys ever heard the, like the phrase, I'm free in Christ, right? I have freedom in Christ. And that's what Paul was talking about is now that I am a new creation, I'm a Christian, I am free. And so, like, that begs the question, what are you free from? What are you free to do? You know, right? And part of it, a big part of it was, I am free from following the strict religious laws of the Jewish people. You know, I, I could eat all, anything I really want to eat because I'm free in Christ. I don't have to, I'm not bound by religion. In what, if you were him, like what would you think that you would use this freedom for? Would you use it for selfish reasons? And that's what Paul also talks about. Do I have the freedom to sin? Absolutely not. It's not a freedom to sin. It's a freedom to be used by God in any way that he sees fit. And so this freedom that Paul uses, he talks about in today's message, that I'm going to use my freedom to reach people that are far from Jesus. Now, let's look at this, okay? And this is one of my, uh, one of my favorite passages. It's something that always sticks with me. It's really memorable because of how radical it is. But if you don't have your Bibles, it'll also be up here on the screens, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. It says this. He says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people as possible. So if I pause right there in the middle, what is he saying? Like, when he says, I want to win as many people as possible, what does that mean? What's that? Win them to Christ? Is that what we all agree he's talking about? Okay. He's not like winning them to his business. He's not winning them to like a sale of some kind. He's talking about that I may win them to the kingdom of God, right? And if you're here today and you believe that Jesus died and rose again, you've been won to Jesus, right? Like you have already been won. You've been saved. And you are a new creation. And he's saying, I made myself a slave to everyone so that I may win as many people possible, as, as many people as that are willing. He says this in verse 20, 
To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under uh, Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Let's pray real quick before we totally unpack this verse. Will you bow with me? Lord, thank you for this word. Help us draw the truth from your word. And God, uh, I pray that it impacts us each in a different way. And Lord, we know that we all have the Holy Spirit. So I pray that your Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us and unpacking this truth uh, to each one of us as we so need it. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as you read this whole passage, like, what is the theme of this passage? Or, or what's, the one of the, what's the main theme that you guys get from this passage? Think of what, what sticks out to you. Connecting? Yeah. What else? Meet people where, they're, where they are. Very good. One of the things, I mean, one of the main ones is winning people to Christ, right? Like winning people to Christ, meeting where they are to win people to Christ, connecting with people wherever they're at to win people to Christ. And so he said, to the Jew, I became like a Jew. To the non-Jew, I became like a non-Jew. Somebody who's like weak, I became weak. Somebody who's strong, I became strong. I became all things to all people so that I might win some. And the, the other point is, is this, the, the main point of today is, like, Paul had a burning desire to win people to Christ. Paul had a burning desire to win people to Christ. Would you agree with that? He set all his things aside so that he could win people to Christ. You know, and like in our day and age, and our, especially if you've been not under a rock in the last three years, like, Paul saying this is almost as radical as this, hey, to the Republican, I became like a Republican so that I might win some. To the Democrat, I became like a Democrat that I might win some of those folks. For, like to the biker, I became a biker. To the fitness person, I became like a fitness person so I might win some of those people. Meaning it may not be my thing, but I became like them to build a bridge so I could share the gospel. Meaning that nothing else matters or compares to winning people to Christ. Amen? Like, really, nothing else matters. Like, this is eternity we're talking about. This is people going from dead in their sins to alive in Christ, spend an eternity in hell, separated from God, to spend an eternity in a place the Bible calls paradise. Like, what could be more important than that? Nothing. Like, like what about retirement? Like, retirement is like a very small grain of sand compared to the vast desert of eternity. Right? Like, well, the troubles here on earth, when we look back on them, are going to seem like, man, why did I worry about that? <laughs> like, nothing else matters compared to the joy of knowing Christ and experiencing eternity. So he talks about this over and over again, and I'm going to simplify this because, as you guys know, like, I'm not 
like a, uh, a incredibly scholarly person. Like I think one of my strengths are like simplifying things to the point like maybe like a first grader could understand because a lot of like probably my closer to my IQ level than other things. But I want to s- simplify this very simple. Okay. So what does it mean to win somebody to Christ? What does it mean to win somebody to Christ? That's one of the questions. And I, I kind of simplified it like this. Sowing seeds of the gospel so that through faith and repentance, our friends can go from dead in their sins to alive in Christ. That's, in a nutshell, I believe, what it means to win somebody to Christ. We can't affect, choose how somebody's going to choose. But like Paul said, by, by all means, I might save some. Some are going to choose yes, some are going to choose no. And so all we can do is sow seeds of the gospel so that maybe through faith and repentance our friends can go from dead in their sins to alive in Christ. And this should be our aim. This should be something that we are excited about. This should be something that we go after. So to break it down further is this. What is the gospel? If you become a partner of J-Road, which is a partner of J-Road is our official committed members we call partners. If you, if you become a partner of J-Road, one thing we want to make sure is that you know the gospel. You can explain the gospel very clearly. So if you guys are taking notes, if you're not taking notes and want to take notes, we have journals in the back at the rock and a pen. But if you're, not, if, you, if you're taking notes, the gospel could be found in John 3.16. Does anybody here, like, you don't have to say it, I'm not going to call you out, but does anybody here just know John 3.16 by heart? They can just say it. For God so loved the, that he gave his one and only that whoever believes in him will not but have. Awesome. You guys rock. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Dave, that is awesome. He's like, why? Because like, this, like, this is something to remind ourselves about. Any of you ever like watch like WWF like back in the day and somebody's always holding up like John 316. It's like I believe that started because it was a way to show the gospel when people looked at all the signs they saw John 316 like hey I'm going to look that up. That's like the whole nutshell of the the good news of Jesus Christ packed in one small verse. So that's a lot of the reasons why they did it. It wasn't just Stone Cold Steve Austin's like favorite verse. Um so because of your sin, this is John 316 broken down. If you're going to share the gospel, here's a great way to start people. Because of your sin, you are separated from God and you will perish in a place the Bible calls hell. That's reality. God doesn't send people to hell. People are eternally separated from God and he's provided a doorway for salvation and we choose not to do that. We choose separation of God over choosing his son who died on the cross. So we choose hell. People choose to be separated But God loves you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth. And we all know how to explain that, right? On Easter Sunday, he died on Good Friday, he died on the cross. Easter Sunday, he rose again. And that whoever believes, sorry, that's spelled wrong. Whoever believes, (laughs) whoever believers, will have eternal life, not live. Uh, Whoever believes will have eternal life. That is the gospel in a nutshell. Very simple. It's not meant to be complicated. It's meant to be so easy a first grader could understand it and accept it. So, 
Paul has a burning desire to win people to Christ. And my question is, is do you have a burning desire to win people to Christ? Like, think about that for a second in your heart. When you see the lost people in your workplaces, in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your family around Thanksgiving, uh, like anywhere you are, where you work, play, live, does your heart have a desire to see those people come to Jesus? So you might be reading this and think, well, Paul became all things to all people, so do I have to too? Well, if you look a little bit later in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says this. Paul says this, follow my example as I follow Christ. Another way to put it is, follow me as I follow Christ. And so he's saying, the things I do, I'd like you to do too. So when you read about what Paul did, it's instructions for us. And a little bit later, a, a chapter later that we'll read in a couple of weeks, it says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 27 and 33. And so he's telling the church in Corinth, he says, if an unbeliever, oh, next verse, we'll see it up there. 1 Corinthians 10, 27, if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising a question of conscience. For I am not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, so that they might be saved. So you have to think, when a lot of people became saved and they started to follow Jesus, they came out of a Jewish background. So for them to see, like, for instance, pork at the dinner table was just, like, repulsive and sinful their entire life. And a lot of them, even after they were saved, they still didn't eat pork. And so he's saying that when you get invited to an unbeliever's house, if they put that before you, eat it in, to the glory of God so that by chance you may save that person. Don't ruin the relationship over this protein that's set in front of you. Because by a chance you might be able to save them. So he's telling us to use discretion, make connections, build bridges so that we might save some. So telling people about the gospel in the hopes to win some should be something that we do all the time. And so I ask again, do you have a burning desire to win people to Christ? So I'm going to ask three questions real quick. And this is just for you to answer in yourself, for yourself. Uh, when was the last time you invited an unchurched friend to church or your missional community? When was the last time you invited an unchurched person to church? Say, hey, I'm going to J-Road Sunday, you should come with me. Or invite somebody to come to your missional community. When was the last time, the second question, and they're all independent, so when was the last time you shared your faith with somebody? Like, you know somebody's not following Jesus, you've been praying for this person, so you finally shared your faith, maybe shared your testimony with them, shared about the hope you have and hopes that they come to Christ. And when was the last time you saw a friend or family member come to Jesus? I know some of these to some of us seem like really radical. Like, wow, sharing our faith, like that's extreme. Or seeing our friends come to Christ, that's extreme. But in the early church, when they were out sharing the gospel, they said the Lord added to their numbers daily. So it's like for a while, they were seeing 50, 100 baptisms a Sunday. 
And it was like, hey, we have a bunch of new people. So everybody's out there sharing their faith. They're telling people about Jesus. They're baptizing people. It wasn't a rare occasion. It was just happening all the time. And so we look at studies, and many of you look at Lifeway Research, or we've heard of Barnes Group studies that study church attendance and other things like that. But if you look at these numbers, I mean, a lot of times we could say, well, the culture we live in, people just aren't open to the gospel. Like, they're just not interested. And that could be true to an extent, but also the numbers show that the church in America isn't exactly hitting a home run when it comes to sharing their faith. Okay? So I have two sad statistics. Uh, the first is from Lifeway Research. It says this, only 29% of unchurched Americans say a Christian has ever shared with them one-on-one -on -one how a person becomes a Christian. So that's just sitting down with somebody and say, hey, this is how you become a Christian. So that's basically 30%. So 70% has said a Christian has never done that with them. It's telling. And this is, a, again, surveys of unchurched folks. It says, according to B the Barna Group, 73% of unchurched adults say they have never been invited to church. That's, that's pretty, that's a lot, right? Numbers might be off a little bit. I'm sure there's always a margin of error with these studies, but that's a lot. And so what I am seeing with this is that Paul had this burning desire to see people come to Christ. He's like, hey, if it's a Jewish person, I'm going to grow out my beard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like, not eat pork to, so I can win these people. And for these people, I'm going to get a strategy to reach these people. And he had a game plan to do all of these things. And what we're seeing the church in America has this treasure that we are effectively keeping hidden. Remember what the Bible says? Who takes a lamp and puts it under a, a box, basically? You know, you let it shine for the whole world to see. And so we have to ask, how many of your coworkers say, I know they're a Christian? They talk about it all the time. You know, they're, they're, they, they invited me to church. I've said no, you know, like, but I know that they're a Christian. And how many, like, would have any idea? And this should be a challenge to us. Um, so my challenge to us is that, from the, is that we pro make proclaiming the gospel our number one priority. That we don't hold back, but we're quick to tell people about our faith. Tell people about our Jesus. Tell people about our church. And I give two quick reasons why. Number one... When Jesus called his disciples, he told Peter and Andrew, he said, I know you guys are fishermen, but come and follow me and I will make you fishers of. Yeah. He's like, if you follow me, your life is going to be about fishing men. And you might be like, well, that's kind of the pastor's job or that's the disciple's job. It was like, no, that was all of our jobs to like win people to Christ. Because every day we rub shoulders with people that have no hope that do not know the love of God, and that should really just make us sad and want us to tell them that, hey, I know hope. We, there is forgiveness. There's no more shame. There is salvation. Hey, no matter what you did, you can be forgiven. Amen? Like, people don't know these things. There are people who think that they wouldn't be welcomed into church because they did too many bad things. Isn't that a shame? Because, if you, hey, if, you, if doing too many bad things keep you out of church, I, for one, wouldn't be here. Many of us wouldn't be here either. Actually, all of us, because we've all sinned. 
Jesus gave a door to humanity. And the world has this disease called sin. And everyone that doesn't know Jesus is dead in their sins and headed for eternal separation, the Bible calls hell. And we know the cure. We have the antidote, and we keep it for ourselves. Think, why? Like, why do we have this cure, and we don't want to tell anybody? Um, and the second part to that is, have we forgotten what an amazing treasure we have found in Christ? Have we forgotten the tremendous blessing? Like, some of us have been a Christian a long time, and I think a great exercise to do if you have time is just write down, what do you love about being a Christian? What do you love about being a Christian? What gets you excited about being a Christian? Now think about these. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple things. First of all, we, the number one thing is we have hope. When you watch, like when you watch TV or watch reality shows, it's sometimes depressing because people are living their lives without any hope. We know that whatever comes our way, cancer, disease, death, that we have something better waiting for us on the other side, right? So this hope keeps, our, keeps us a pep in our step. It keeps us this world is not all there is. Think about that for a second. Lost people don't have that hope. Like this world's it. So when somebody dies, when somebody's sick, this is it. This is all there is. And it's, it, it should make us sad. The other one is peace with God. We know that the, we have, because of Jesus, we have peace with God. The Father loves us. That we can be sinless. That we have a direct line with God. That we can talk to God whenever we want. Like these are just a couple things that I love about being a Christian, right? The God's living inside of us. So we have this treasure of salvation. And so what's holding us back? Fear, rejection, lack of knowledge, not being equipped are a couple things we hear. But I want to show this one thing. In 1 Corinthians 9.20, he says this. He says, to the Jews, I became a Jew. Okay? To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. All right, let me break that down. Paul meant that. So when he went on his journeys, every town he went, he preached the gospel to the Jews first, Right? He preached the gospel to the Jews first and then the Gentiles or the non-Jews. So on one of his journeys, he took Timothy with him. Everybody know who Timothy is in the Bible? And so he took Timothy with him. Timothy was half Jew. His mom was a Jew. His dad was a non-Jew. He was not circumcised, which is a pretty big deal in the Jewish world. And Paul said, hey, there's this young man I want to take with me on my, on my journeys. And uh, I want to not be a stumbling block to the Jews so I'm going to ask Timothy if he would be willing to be circumcised so there would be no stumbling block to the Jews. So look at Acts 16, verse 1 through 5. It explains the story. It says, Paul came to Derbe and then Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and, and a believer, and whose father was a Greek. The believers in Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on his journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in the area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. So we talk about, what are the barriers to sharing the gospel? And he said, hey, I'm sorry to say this, but you being uncircumcised is going to be a hindrance to sharing the gospel. So 
I know you're, like, at the time they estimate Timothy was about 20 years old. Hey, I know you're 20, but yeah, let's come to the rabbi. Let's get you circumcised. This isn't for salvation. We know that you're saved in Christ, but we think that you should be circumcised. Somebody asked, well, how would they know? I don't know. Apparently they had ways of knowing, or else Paul wouldn't have said, get circumcised. A lot of people believe that they were, like, spying on these people in the showers or in the bathhouses, and they would have ways of finding out. And if this guy isn't circumcised, that would just be a barrier. And we're tempted to be like, hey, what does that matter? I don't have to be circumcised. I'm free. And he's saying, this circumcision isn't going to save you. It's not going to be a sin if you do or don't. But it could possibly be a barrier for sharing the gospel, so you should do it. You say, all right, I'll do it. I mean, talk about, like, doing whatever you can. I became all things to all people so that I might remain some. And so Brian talked about this a couple weeks ago about we have rights, right? Like we have freedoms, right? But our freedoms and rights are freedoms to share the gospel, and they should be, they should be used to bring the gospel to people and not to hinder it. And I think about this, this one instance, and, I, and I'm cherry-picking one instance. There's a thousand instances. But during 2020, you know, it was a very crazy time after COVID, and I remember we were going, we, were, we had every 12th. You guys know what every 12th is, right? We cancel church and we go out and serve. And guys, we had so many people all over the board in their views. And, you know, like we were all over the board. But one of the places we would serve, I believe, was this homeless shelter or a soup kitchen. And they had this rule, because it was still during that time, that if anybody, if you send anybody here to serve, they have to wear a mask. And so I said, hey, you guys could serve and different places. Like, if you, if you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to wear a mask. And so, the, I had to email the people that signed up to serve at this homeless shelter. And I said, hey, because of what it is, you have to wear a mask if you go there. And somebody said, I am not going, I am never going to wear a mask. And I'm like, that's your freedom. It's not a sin. Like, I get, I get why you're saying that. But what they're doing is, if you look at the Bible, and look at what Paul did, and look at what Timothy did, is Timothy went under the knife and got circumcised so there would be no barrier and we wouldn't put a mask on our face for an hour. And I'm just using this as an analogy, right? He said yes to a knife on a very sensitive region of his body and we won't do this. And because of that, people might not, God wanted you there for a purpose, like you signed up for that cause. And you're saying, no way, Jose. And it's saying, Paul said, I became everything to anybody. I became a slave to all people that by chance I might save some. So, so what is holding us back from trying to win people to Christ? I, I, I wrote down two of the common reasons. When you guys think of sharing Christ with somebody, what, what are some things that hold you back? Like what are some common fears that you hear from people in the church? Rejection? Yeah. What else? Like, lack of knowledge, maybe? Like, I don't know what I'm going to say. If they ask me questions, I might be, like, scared. Like, I get those. Those are two I wrote down. Rejection's number one. Um, rejection, I will say this. As a Christian, sharing your faith, rejection is part of the deal. Right? It's part of the deal. So, I don't know if you guys drove by J-Road on Friday. No, Thursday. 
my kids had a lemonade stand. Like, it wasn't for the church. They just wanted it here because it's a popular area, and they wanted to do a lemonade stand. And so they're out there holding a sign, and me and Nicole and I were out there at times watching them do this lemonade stand. And half the people stopped, maybe like 20% of the people stopped, 80% drove on by, right? <laughs> they're like, lemonade for sale, lemonade for sale. And like, people just drove on by. It's like, hey, if you're going to be in sales one day, rejection is just part of the deal, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody here is in sales, but if you're in sales, rejection is just part of the deal. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, if you're a Christian and you're going to sow seeds of the gospel, rejection is coming. It's going to be part of the deal. Like, you have to get used to it. This is what the Bible says. The road to heaven is a small, bumpy, narrow lane. And the road to hell is a highway. It's big. Many people are on it. And the road to hell is a tiny, narrow road. And few find it. That's just Jesus' words. And so it's like when rejection happens, we, we can't. Like, we're going to tell some people about Jesus. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be excited. They're going to be desperate for this good news. Some are going to be curious. And some are going to be not interested at all and say, get out of here with that. I don't want to hear that. I'm not a religious freak. It's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. When Jesus sent out the 72, I love this verse in Luke chapter 10, verse 16. Jesus says this. He said, whoever listens to you listens to me. And whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. So he's saying to the 72, like all of you guys, there might be 72 people or so in here, hey, I'm going to send you guys out. Hey, if anybody rejects you, they're actually saying no to Jesus. So don't feel bad. If anybody says yes to you, they're saying yes to Jesus. And so fear of rejection should not hold us back because Jesus warned us. Some are going to be excited. Some are going to be desperate. Some are just going to be totally not interested. And that's not because you're good or bad at sharing the gospel. It's just because that's how it is. We have the Holy Spirit that gives us what we need, and that brings us to inadequacy. Some of us feel inadequate. They say, if I'm sharing the gospel and they have questions, what do I say? I don't know all five horses of the apocalypse. Like, what am I going to say? <laughs> is it the pale rider, the black rider? Like, hey guys, like, I went to Bible college for four years, and I can't even, I don't even know every single detail and fact of the Bible. Many times I say, I don't know, I'll have to look that up. I, maybe I forgot that at some point. But we all, most of us know John 3, 16. We are dead in our trespasses. God loves us. He sent his son. You have to believe in him. Get saved. Believe in that. Come to church. We'll figure it out. <laughs> right? That's it. Do you guys know your testimony? How you became a Christian? That's, that's, that's what we could share with people. Like your story, your testimony. What has God done in your life? The thing about it is God gave us the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say. And so before we talk to somebody, we could pray for them. Pray for us that God will give us the words to say. And we should never be afraid to say, I don't know. Somebody has a question. Hey, so what about this? I don't know. Let's figure it out together. Because the Bible is a huge book, and you probably don't know every little piece of it. And that's okay. They knew the gospel. They shared the gospel. And if people have questions, if they have questions because they want to 
just brush you off, that's going to be. So no amount of answering their questions is going to get them to believe. And if they're really curious, they'll say, yeah, I'll come to your missional community. I'll come to your church. I'll check it out. So God wants us to have a burning desire to see people come to Christ. And God wants you to join him in that mission. Like Paul said, to the Jew I became a Jew, to the Greek I became a Greek, but I became all things to all people so that I might win some. And so I want to give you guys three challenges this week if you're taking notes. Number one is think of at least three people who are not following Jesus that you could pray for regularly. Everybody here probably knows three people who don't know Jesus. Maybe they're a neighbor that you talk to once in a while. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody at the gym. Maybe it's somebody in your hobby. But we all probably know three folks that don't know Jesus. So the first thing, if you have a burning desire like Paul to see people come to Christ, write down those names, pray for them on a daily basis. Got it? Okay. Also, number two, what spaces can you bring the gospel in? What spaces in your life? If you are, if your kid's in football, like my kids started football, like every practice I'm surrounded by 20-some parents that are just sitting on the sidelines watching their kid play football. We have a lot of idle time, and there's a lot of listening ears. Could I bring the gospel to that area? Your kid's in soccer. You're around a ton of soccer folks. Yes. Uh, you might go take the Harley out. You're in a lot of, with a lot of Harley people. Bring the gospel there. Uh, maybe you do yoga on Saturday mornings. How can I bring the gospel to those places? What spaces can you bring the gospel in? And number three is, who do you need to bring the gospel to this week? When I say bring the gospel, it may not be a full presentation, but the people that are like, that God's put on your heart, you could just ask a question. If you've never had a church or spiritual question or conversation, you could simply ask, hey, I'm curious, do you go to church anywhere? That's usually like my first question right? That'll bring up a lot of discussion. <laughs> maybe they're hurt by church. Maybe they used to go to church. Maybe they've never been to church. Maybe they go to church. But it's like a doorway. Yeah, I used to go to church, but, you know, I got really hurt there by the people. It's like, oh, yeah, me too. I got hurt by a church once. It really stinks. But, man, God healed me of it. Hey, you want to come to jail this Sunday? <laughs> right? Man, I don't know anything about this, but God can't accept me. I've been in prison for 10 years. I, I screwed up. Wait, I'm too far gone. Hey, no, you're not. Nobody's too far gone to receive the love of Christ. Jesus came and died on the cross to forgive all sins, no matter how big. Really? I want to talk to you about that later. Like, I'm serious. Guys, this is how easy it is to share the gospel. Some people might say, they might deny it, they might push you away, and it's okay. Move on to people that are more curious, more interested. Do you know what Jesus also said in the 72? If a town rejects you, what are you supposed to do? Kick the dust off that town off your feet and move on to the next town. <laughs> Sounds pretty harsh, right? <laughs> He's like, hey, that, that person's not interested in anything of the gospel. Move on to somebody else. Still love them. Still bake them a pie if they're your neighbor once in a while, but be friends with them. But if they're not interested, just move on. Share. There's people out there that need to do the gospel. And as we said, 70% have never had a Christian tell them about Jesus. And we need to change those numbers. Amen? I think we could do it as a church. Every single person here is smart enough, capable enough, 
and has the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and be used by God in this amazing way. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for this time. God, I pray that this energizes us to tell people about you. Because we know that the days are short, the end is certainly near, and you're coming back soon. So God, help us use the most of our time here on earth. God, help us think of three people we could pray for on a regular basis. Help us share our faith with somebody this week. Help us be encouraged and empowered and reminded by the Holy Spirit to do that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.